If you downloaded episode 8 of Discography Discussion, then you are ready for the greatest metal band of all time. That's right, April Fools, we didn't do an episode on Friday. Dan decided to go all the way to Indiana. Indiana. Indianapolis. <laughs> Indianapolis. And he decided to call us and tell us all about it because, you know, that's what he should have done. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it gets a little boring up here, so, <laughs> as I am away on business currently. Yeah, when life gives you lemons, you can make lemonade, or you can make life take the lemons back, as Cave Johnson once said. I definitely subscribe to that uh, philosophy. Oh my. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back, Joe. Um, ba- back? I'm here. So, Where are you? Oh yeah, that's right, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Uh, I'm here on business. I will be returning triumphantly uh, on Friday, uh, real late, so I will uh, not be planning any trips in the future. But anyway, um, just wanted to kind of get together and, and, and chat for a little while. Uh, we were uh, we didn't want to go missing in action. Uh, we kind of wanted to let everybody know where we were at and what we were doing. Yeah, this is one of those Dan and Joe show call in Audible and figure out what we can do with what we've got when we've got cell phones. Yep. So let's let's yeah. call it in and just give it a quick update. You know, we've one thing I'm going to say at the very beginning is thank you to everyone who is downloading this podcast. Uh, you guys, you are growing in numbers, and you know we don't want you to talk to us less. We want you to talk to us more. We are on Twitter at Discuss Metal. We are on YouTube. We are on Tumblr. You can download this podcast on Google Play, on iTunes, on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can tell Alexa to play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and she will play it. She'll do it. It's crazy. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys because... You know, th- this is going to be a one-off. We don't plan on making this a habit, but we we do kind of have to take a detour this week and just talk about what's going on a little less because, well, like I said about the lemonade. Yeah, so this month uh, this month is a little crazy as I had to leave on a business trip uh, this week, and we had originally planned to do a few extra little things. Uh, we had to push some of it back, but uh, we will still be very active in the month of April. Uh, well, as soon as I get back, we're going to be uh, actually having our very first uh, band on our podcast. Uh, the band's called American Standards, and uh, they play some awesome hardcore, metalcore, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, what I heard, and uh, they contacted us on Twitter, just like you should do. And, at uh, Discuss Metal. At Discuss Metal, yeah. And it was great. Uh, we you know, been talking to those guys, and... Uh, wanting to get them together for an episode so we're going to do that uh, as soon as we can when i get back and then uh later on uh we're actually going to do a uh actual discography discussion <laughs> uh where we'll be talking about the band's death and uh we've got a special guest lined up for that one so uh hopefully that works out even if it doesn't we will continue with the episode as planned so 
Uh, it would be really good to be uh, hearing about death. <laughs> I like death. Didn't they invent death metal? <laughs> uh, why don't we talk about that later? We'll yeah, we can save that for later. Do you want to tell everybody who we're going to be talking about death with when we decide to talk about death? Uh, I'm going to keep that a surprise as well. Oh, there we go. I can tell you if you want a hint, you can go back and listen to earlier episodes oh, uh, where wow. I talk about a particular podcast that I'm a, uh, that I'm a fan of. Uh, so if you can if you can put those pieces together, you'll know exactly who we're going to be talking about That's or right. talking with. Yeah, so, it'll be great. Um, what can I say? And here yeah, in the it, studio, it is it's been cold and lonely. And then I had to figure out that Dan's gone, and, I, and he calls me up and says, "I found the greatest record store in Indianapolis, and I had to find yes, out yes, I did. what do you got? What what did you I, find?" Well, there's a record store in uh, Indianapolis called Luna Records, and uh, they have a whole bunch of really great selections. Uh, see, actually, a couple weeks ago in my hometown of St. Louis, I was running around. I went to about three or four different record stores um, looking for vinyl and, and cassettes, and uh, a little, it's a little disappointed in the uh, selection, um, just because... You know, I'm predominantly looking for metal most of the time. I mean, every now and again, I'll get like an Explosions in the Sky record or, or Smashing Pumpkins record or something like that. But for the most part, I'm looking for metal bands on vinyl because I love metal cover artwork and I love it being, you know, bigger. So I, I really enjoy the vinyl look. Um, but I was really disappointed in the St. Louis record stores because they, they none of them had a had a metal section. I mean, the closest thing you could get to metal was like, you, you might be able to find like a, a Black Sabbath album in the rock section. And it's really frustrating. <laughs> Which is but, a discussion uh, in and all of itself. You know, Black Sabbath in the rock section? Shouldn't that be in the metal section? No, it should be in the blues it's... section. I will save that for when we decide <laughs> to go on Black Sabbath. You've right. always been the record guy, though. Like, I mean, yeah, vinyl is trendy now, and I'm not going to say I'm not a vinyl fan, but you've always been, like, the guy, uh, you know, if I can get it on vinyl, I want to listen to it on vinyl. I don't want to buy the CD. I want to rip my record and listen to that on CD. And I'm like, that kind of defeats the purpose, you know, and that's, well, that's always been your thing. And then why? Well, the cool thing is, is that, um, with modern records, cause you can go out and buy like one of the records I got at the record store was dystopia by Megadeth. Um, and it was cool because inside of it, there was a download code for the digital top of the album. So at this point, I don't actually even have to buy the CD. It's just there for me, which is really nice. I don't have to buy the digital version of it. So I can have my vinyl to listen to in my home. And I have the digital copy to listen to on the go. Um, I'm going to do a real quick rundown of uh, what I got because I got some really good stuff and I'm proud of it. Um, I picked up uh, the, two, the first two Opeth albums on vinyl. Uh, I got Orchid by Opeth, which uh, was really neat because it comes in a, uh, it's a two-disc set, and actually um, these, uh, the records themselves are actually bright red, which is really cool. Nice. Um, I also got Morning Rise by Opeth, which is uh, pretty much the same type of packaging and everything as it was with Orchid. What, no However, Blackwater Park? is. I did not get Blackwater Park, no. Nah, it didn't have that. Fail. Yeah, it happens. I, I don't think they failed, because it's no. good. The uh, the Morning Rise record is uh, 
actually white, a bright, clean white color, which is pretty cool. And then uh, I picked up a, a copy of Ride. I picked up the remastered version of Ride the Lightning by Metallica. I have heard some uh, good things about that, and I've heard the purists pop out of the woodwork and say, it's not the same. It's been remixed and remastered, and it's vinyl. It didn't need to be done. And I'm thinking, you know, if they had remastered it and put it out digitally, you'd have been complaining too. So I don't know what you want at this point. Sure, I think they did too, though. I think, I mean, I think this is anything that we get off of the Blackened record label, which Blackened is the label that Metallica now, uh, this is, that's the label they put all their music out under is Blackened. And, uh, I actually enjoy it because their records are usually pretty reasonably priced. I mean, this one was $20 brand new and came with a download code and everything. And the, Supposedly the sound quality is better. However, I haven't actually gotten home to listen to it yet, so uh, I'll make sure to mention that on a future episode uh, when I thought about how that sounded. Uh, I can say that I have pretty high hopes, though, because uh, I also have the remastered version of Kill em All on vinyl that was also put out by Blackened, and uh, I think it sounds phenomenal. Um, the original Kill em All sounds, sounds really thin, and this uh, they kind of beefed it up a little bit and uh, kind of kind of enhances the impact of that record. Um, but then uh, some other ones I got, I uh, was really excited about this one. Uh, I, I found a copy of In the Dark Shrine by uh, Nile. Very nice. Yeah, and uh, it's also a, a four-sided LP. Um, so there's some pretty long songs on here. And uh, this vinyl is also in the bright red. Um and uh, I found out from the record store that this version uh, was put out by Relapse Records in 2015, but is now completely out of print. And it was not priced when I was looking at it. And I asked him what the price was, and I was kind of cringing because the first thing he tells me is that it's out of that it's out of print, and he doesn't know, you know, uh, how much to sell it for or whatever. And he made me a really, really, really good deal, and I'm glad that I'm glad that I have it. And uh, it's a really great looking vinyl. Um, it's clean. It's got uh, it's got all the lyrics in there. But then, uh, like they tend to do with a lot of Nile records, uh, because if you didn't know Nile, all their songs are about ancient Egypt, and um, the uh, the lyricist for Nile really goes into a lot of detail about what the songs are about, and uh, you know where they fall in the Egyptian mythology and all that. So that. I, yeah, I, I could just read. I could talk about that kind of crap forever. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to get to Nile cool. at some point. Is uh, yeah. are remastered vinyls like are they worth buying? Because I know, like, I know vinyl kind of became a hipster thing, and people are sure. stingy, yeah. and they're all about like, I don't want a re, I don't want a new pressing of this record. I want the original pressing. And I'm sitting here thinking you're going to pay hundreds of dollars in some cases for what very likely is going to have some, you know, age wearing and damage, you know, warped records are sure. like the worst thing you can possibly get. But if for those people that are right. diehard into the Dragon. format, don't, is a remastered record a good reason? Like, do you want to buy a remastered record or does it matter to you? Uh, I mean, I think, so, if, uh, if I had the option, you know, let's say I walk into a record store and I find a vinyl, original vinyl copy of Rust in Peace sitting right now or sitting right next to uh, the remastered Rust in Peace. 
They're both vinyl. One's new, and one's about 20 years old. At that point, you know, depending on what the prices are, I mean, if they're the same price, I'm getting the original. Um, if it's if they're really reasonable price, I'm going to get both and listen to them side by side. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if the, if the original is so overpriced, and the new record is remastered. The new version is remastered anyway. Probably going to probably go for that remastered one um, because it's in it's in new condition, and you know I know it's going to play well. I know it's going to sound good, and it might be a really cool colored vinyl, um, which is kind of a kind of one of the, the cool things about this fad. Not to mention, um, I'm going to get that download code for the for the for the album to have the digital copy. So I mean, in a lot of ways, the newer pressing is a better deal. Um, if you really think about it, um, for those people that insist that vinyl sounds better, you know, the, I heard that for all those years, you know, like vinyl sounds better. No, any, any recording engineer can tell you that louder do, is not better. It just sounds better at first. And you know, records are the original hi-fis, in my opinion, you, you had to have a good amp and a good you had to have a good turntable, a good amp. You had to have a good set of speakers. So what you're getting is a very pure acoustic experience. But then when right. it got popular and became hipsterish, they started putting out you know new records, new bands on vinyl, and then you had oh, remasters. Yeah, I mean, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is so great!" And I said, "Yep, wait until you start complaining about them pressing a record that's been out of print for 50 years, because how else am I going to buy it on vinyl?" Right. Right, and not and not break the bank, you know. Um, I think I think the newer releases are a lot more fair to the artist because, you know, um, like in the case of Metallica, if I I mean maybe Metallica is an example, but uh, let's say you have a band that's not overly popular. Um, let's use like um, I don't know. We'll use uh, Nile as an example. I mean, Nile Nile is an immensely popular band, but. You know, if I buy a vinyl copy of In Their Darkened Shrines back when it came out, and I realize this is also a bad example because they didn't, I don't think they ever originally released that album on vinyl, but you know, let's, say they, let's say they did. Let's say a band that has no name right. decides that, you know, they, you know they, they put out this landmark record in 1985 on vinyl. They sell as many copies of it as they're going to sell. And then you know, maybe, you know, 20, 25 years later, uh, the record label decides to re-release it on vinyl, you know, for the masses because it was so classic at that time. That's a lot more fair to the band because now the band is actually still getting, you know, royalties and, and, and scanned record sales off of that. Whereas, um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're in the world of views, you know, you want the 1985 original the band's not getting any kind of compensation for that. <laughs> you know, and it's especially heartbreaking if the band is still active, you know, which I don't personally see anything wrong with that, um, with the, with the re-releases and the, and the rematches. I mean, I could bring it on because it's, yeah, I've always liked vinyl and I would really like the idea of, I really like the idea that I can buy my latest releases on whatever format I want. You know, I can buy it on vinyl. Um, I can buy it on CD. I could just listen to it on Spotify or I could download it on Apple Music, um, or you know, I mean, I'm sorry. Or I could, I could buy, I could purchase it just the MP3s, 
uh, on Amazon. I can purchase the CMP series on iTunes. Um, well, for those people that lock in on one format and insist it's the best and they give you their reasons, you know, to them I say, you know, if you like something that much, you've done, hopefully, enough research to have an educated opinion versus just taking a stand on what you like. You know, if, if, if you play video games, you can either have a conversation with me about which type of game is the best, or you can lock on on first-person shooters and tell me that Call of Duty is the best game. You know, if you like whiskey, right. you can lock in on bourbon, or you and I can have a conversation about, about scotch versus Irish whiskey, etc. With audio and, you know, music in general... I understand why certain arguments were made at the time they were made, but in this modern age that we live in of, of knowledge and research, you know, it, we, we all figured out that they were turning up the dynamics on all the records that came out in the mid to late 2000s. We figured it out, we called them on it, and now the records are sounding better. You know, if mm-hmm. you have a digital source and, you know, CDs are the first big digital source that we had. Everybody says it doesn't sound as good as my record. And my answer to that was, well, your record is going into probably a better amplifier because no turntable has an amplifier built in that's good. Almost no amplifier in 99% of the cases that I'm aware of. So your, your CD player probably wasn't going into an equally good audio delivery system. And then... The right. advent of digital music, and yes, I'll get to cassettes. I know I'm kind of skipping, but in the advent, you know, CD players were everywhere. They were in boom boxes. They were in your car, and the second era of the Walkman was the CD player. Mm-hmm. And you know, the audio didn't sound bad. It never sounded bad, not to me. And I would even argue that digital is a more true representation of the original audio source because it's not influenced by analog signal path, theoretically. Yeah, I mean, scientifically, I totally get what you're saying. I just... Um... So I guess it, we, we've all learned how to treat the audio. You know, to nowadays, of course, depending on how it's mixed, because there's that whole argument with MP3s and the audio level being higher just because it's built into the encoder, which there's truth to that. You know, it depends on how you handle the audio. And I, I, with the exception of cassettes, because we all know cassettes don't sound as good. The bass isn't as good. The, the dynamic ranges are not as good. But it was never designed to be that way. It was kind of considered to be a portable audio source at the get-go. Well, no, believe it or not, um, and I could be completely wrong about this, but uh, when the cassette tape was introduced, um, it was actually more introduced as a portable solution. Um, because, I mean, you know, back in the day, before you had cassettes, you still had vinyl. You had uh, 8-track. You had, um, you know, you could even get reel-to-reel uh, audio recordings. And um, my understanding is, you know, because I wasn't around in the 1960s, but my understanding is, is that those formats were sonically superior to the cassette tapes we got, you know, later on. And um, the problem with those formats, though, is that they were just, um, they were expensive. And uh, they might have sounded better, but, you know, what are you going to listen to on that, you know? Um, I would argue that the cassette tape is worth 
at least a little you know, worth getting at least a little bit of credibility and popularizing the idea of 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 having favorite musical artists and bands and um forming a personal connection to them. Uh, a lot of that was done through tapes and I think to the average listener there wasn't really a um there wasn't really like much of a a desire to have perfect audio quality. Uh, and I think number one because they didn't know any better. You know, you got this tape, and you know it was what it was. You know, it wasn't uh, right. You didn't have some kind of weird expectation. I don't really think that the audio file, as we know it today, really existed outside of you know recording engineers and things. Uh, I think as long as people could hear it, you know, relatively clearly, well, uh, they didn't really have a problem with it. I think the cassette was, you know, kind of like the VHS tape. It was just the format that was the easiest to get your hands on. And it wasn't the most expensive option. And it also puts you in a position as a listener that, you know, what did we do? We, we traded tapes. We made mixtapes. We did things like that because it was cool. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to listen, if I knew I was going on a four-hour road trip on Saturday, on Tuesday night, I'm swapping CDs, making myself a mixtape just so I can listen to something a little different. And I've got two fresh mix cassettes in. You know, ready for right. the trip, and that was how that was our shuffle. We that was our shuffle, right? And how right, it came yeah. back and became a trendy thing in like hardcore punk circles in the most recent years, I don't know. I, in fact, that <laughs> missed me. I had to be informed of that. That no, no, cassettes are a thing again. That's like wh- how. I'm not. I'm not sure that. Uh, I'm not sure that the cassettes ever left hardcore punk. Um, or even vinyl for that, for that, in that regard, uh, there's a, uh, you know, cause I remember like really being into like emo bands for a long time. And I, when I say emo bands, I'm not talking about dashboard confessional and, and Thursday and stuff like that. Um, I'm talking about like stuff like, um, you know, like really, really, really early at the drive-in and, um, like jawbreaker and, um, and, you know, bands like that, like Fugazi type stuff, right. This spring, um, which was, you know, in a lot of ways, some of those bands were, were still hardcore punk. Uh, however, they were, um, they were relatively low key about everything. And I remember those bands, you know, like in the mid nineties, were putting out like seven inch vinyls, uh, like split records with each other. So I don't, I don't think vinyl and I don't think a set really went anywhere as far as those circles went. I think, um, in modern time with the advent of the modern hipster and, and things like that, I think, I think that's largely responsible for why those uh, formats are kind of making a comeback because um, people that, people that want to look cool or, or want to have a certain type of image uh, tend to gravitate towards old technology. I've noticed uh, because there's a certain cool factor, you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to drive right. a car to work every day. I'm going to ride my, I'm going to ride this 10 speed bicycle you know, that, you know, people didn't, you know, people don't ride anymore or, um, you know, well, I'm not just going to grow a beard and a mustache. I'm going to make a handlebar mustache or I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear, you know, vintage metal shirts from the 1980s and things. And, uh, so I think, I think a lot of that is largely responsible for the popularization of vinyl and the popularization of cassettes in recent years, but I don't really have a problem with it. Like other people seem to, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are that are very like anti old format. Like, we should just do all digital. You can get digital and lossless quality. And um, mm-hmm. and again, I guess scientifically and sonically, sure that stuff 
you know, for the most part, and there's some exceptions, but for the most part, I think that stuff all sounds um, really good. You know, I don't really have a problem with it, but at the same time, uh, there's a few concerns I have about digital music, and and um, and I I, I, t- I tend to feel more personally connected to vinyl and to cassette because that's what I grew up with. You know, it's not it's not really like a you know, and more so cassette than vinyl. You know, oh. um, I'm not pretending like I grew up in the '70s, but you know, for for a long time in the early '80s and even the early '90s. You could still get a vinyl copy of an album just right alongside of a cassette copy. Yeah. Well, for me, cassettes are a fond memory, like, you know, watching movies on VHS. You know, in, as far as VHS tapes are concerned, home video has gotten better. It got better as soon as we had DVDs. And oh, you sure. can get a yeah. film now and watch it you know, with Blu-ray and to a lesser extent 4K, because I'm sorry, people, that's overkill. Uh, you can watch a movie almost in exact quality to the way it was filmed on the day it was shot in high definition. Yes, sure, we have that. But there's still something in the back of, our, of your brain because the, it's how you grew up. Sometimes I'll stick in that VHS tape of Evil Dead 2, and yeah, it looks like crap. But it only looks like crap compared to what I have now. And cassette tapes are the same well, way. I remember listening to stuff on cassette, so I still enjoy listening to it on a cassette. But by today's standards, you know, the way we make records and the way we listen to music, digital formats like MP3 and lossless are better strictly from a quality standpoint. But there is something to be said for how you are consuming the audio, not just that you are consuming the audio. Well, I guess with tapes and, and records, see, I'm really bad about, uh, I guess with tapes and records, it's, it kind of forces me to listen to the entire finished product uh, as a whole. I mean, yeah, sure, you can fast forward through songs, um, you know, on a tape and on vinyl. And even that is I mean, its own sure. little memory. I mean, you can switch songs. I don't recommend it, but because um, you could, you could end up accidentally scratching it. But, Track two. Uh, yeah, and here you don't want that. You know, you might have paid twenty or thirty dollars to get that record. It'd be horrible to to do that too. Um, but I mean, I know even even back whenever all I had the CDs, um, my wife used to complain that I was the master of the twenty second CD. You know, because I had so much freedom to change discs. And then later on, you know, I mean, my God, I probably have like 3,000-something songs downloaded onto my phone right now off my Spotify account. And, like, it's weird that and, – and, like, those, I'll put those on – I'll put those on shuffle, and I'll listen to it, and then I'll hear a song. And then, like, another song will come on after that, and I might like it, but my brain tells me that out of those 3,000 songs, and we're on shuffle that there's got to be another one in there that's better. And so I'll just kind of skip and skip and skip. So like if I'm on a 20-minute drive, I might spend, you know, seven or eight minutes of that drive just skipping songs, um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, and I know I could go in and make a playlist of, of songs that I like and, and things like that, but, you know, that's not really how I roll either. You know, when I the albums that I enjoy the most are the ones that I sit down and listen to from beginning to end. And I kind of feel like cassettes and vinyl kind of forces me to do that. 
I guess it gives you less choice. You know, you have to put yeah, it in and you consume it. Thing, you know, like I, I don't listen to pop music. You know, like one of the one of the biggest complaints that uh, people used to always give me about cassettes and give me about CDs or, or even albums as a whole was that oh, I heard this really great song on the radio. I love that song, so I went out and I bought the record, but I hate all the other songs on it except for that one song. But in metal, I don't really run into that as much. I mean, it does happen sometimes, but for the most part, I mean, I guess maybe I just do a little bit better research on on what I'm getting myself into uh, before I decide to make that purchase. And uh, so, I mean, I I think for people like that, I think... You know, digital music is probably the way to go, and I and I understand why it's so much more popular uh, in the sense that it's convenient. You can take it anywhere. You can listen to it anywhere. Um, you can skip songs whenever you want to skip. You can make your own playlist. I mean, it's all it's all cool, um, but it also kind of sounds to me, uh, growing up in the '80s and, and '90s, that it sounds like what we were doing with our cassettes. You know, way back in the day. Um, we would make our own mixtapes, and I mean, I would regularly record songs uh, off the radio. You know, there's like the first ten seconds would be missing because I'd be like, "Oh crap!" and I hit the record button, <laughs> you know, a little too late. And of course, the tape has to actually start turning, so you know, you lose a few seconds of audio that way before it kicks in. But um, that was good enough for me as a kid. Um, however, I don't. You know, the point of this discussion is not to say that to, to try to glorify vinyl and tape uh, to the point of saying it's better because it's not better. I mean, realistically, a tape is not as good a sound quality as a CD. It's not as good a sound quality as even like a high quality MP3. And, um, and there, there's no denying that. Uh, and I think as, as a kid, you know, a lot of people, you know, I see, I see a lot of these posts online about, you know, Oh, you know, only things that a kid growing up in the '90s is going to understand and all that stuff. But I think that's kind of a dumb argument too, because you know, it, it, let's say it's 1993, and you know, Dan from the future comes back to to younger Dan and says, "Hey, man, I've got this little device, and you can make phone calls on it, and you can play video games on it, and uh, you can surf the internet." And I'd be like, "What's the internet?" You know. <laughs> Right, you know, they're, they're like, you can you can do all this stuff on it, and you can store you can store basically an unlimited amount of songs. You just type in what you want to hear, and it's there for you. You know, I I can see my I can see 1993 me throwing all my cassettes away and being like, dude, I'm just going to use this magic box. You know, like right. Um, and I don't think anybody really thinks of it from that perspective. You know, like you were saying about video games, Joe, that you know. Oh, people say Call of Duty is the greatest game in the entire world. Well, if, you know, I'm a kid in the 90s and the only video game I've ever played is Contra, you show me Call of Duty in the 90s, I throw that copy of Contra away and I'm playing this and it looks photorealistic. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's a perspective thing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to say that the old technology that, that is technically inferior is better than newer technology. Right, because if you ask me, and I will ask you following up here, you know, what's my favorite way to listen to a record? My answer is however I can get it. You know, if if right. if it's if a new record comes out today, I'm going to be able to buy MP3s if I want to. And I'm right. still going to be able to buy the CD. 
I can still buy lossless audio if I want. I can still get it on vinyl. You know, it. Yep. however I can get it, that's how I want to listen to it because I know there really is no inferior way right now to get that record. I can't tell you the last right. time I bought an album that offered an MP3 download and I download the MP3s and it was so bad because it really isn't. And no, it's not lossless. This is not the conversation for the audiophiles in the audience. You've already won the argument. Hi-Fi, 24-bit, 96K, you've already won. You've got right. the technically best-sounding audio and the thousands of dollars of amplifiers and speakers and the acoustically traded room because you're that guy that has a room just for listening to records. Guess what? I'm right. going to be you one day. But until then, if I'm just driving down the road or I've just got my stereo on and I'm listening to the new Zayo or the new Metallica, does it really matter? It, to me, I'm just happy to be hearing it because... I'm still listening to the band. I'm still listening to the artist. I'm still listening to the record. So what's my favorite right. way? However I can get it. But I'm still partial to CDs. Let's be honest. I'm still partial to, to putting the disc in while I'm driving and just listening to the record as it goes. CDs are, are definitely good. Um, and I mean, honestly, I'm probably going to appreciate CDs more when I'm older and then end up going away. Because believe me, people, at some point, CDs are going to go away. Um, the thing is, the thing about it is that I think CDs will I eventually think, be replaced just by the lossless audio file, the digital file. Sure, that's going to be and, the CD you know, eventually. So the, the only argument that I'm going to make in defense of the older technology, really, and, and why I'm kind of drawn to it, uh, it's not it's definitely not an image thing. I don't think anybody thinks I'm cool because I listen to you know Living Sacrifice on cassette or mortification on cassette, you know, uh, I think, I think what it really came down to for me was, um, I really like these bands and like, whenever you become a fan of a band, you know, like, let's say, you know, for example, you're a fan of Iron Maiden, you know, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go out, you're going to buy every Iron Maiden album. But there's always a desire for more when you're a fan of things. And, um, a lot of the record, a lot of the records that I have on vinyl and that I have on tape, I have CDs for. You know, I have, I have the CD release. Um, it's just that, I guess for me, when I listen to something like Testament on cassette tape, I kind of just enjoy the historical aspect of it more. Um, I like, I like the fact that this was, you know, what I'm about to put in my cassette deck is is what the band had originally put out, you know? Um, and it's easier to do that on cassette because cassettes are easier to get a hold of than the original vinyl. You know, I'm never going to find a copy of, you know, the legacy by Testament on vinyl, at least not the original eighties release of it. So to have the original eighties cassette release of it, uh, it's kind of cool, you know, like looking through the old band photos and all the stuff that, that, that was kind of considered cool and, um, you know, I, I had a lot of CD re-releases of albums that came out in the eighties and nineties, but because they're re-releases, you know, some, some companies do re-releases really well and they add, you know, a whole, really extensive notes and 
um, sometimes we do a write-up of, write-up of the band in there, and, you know, there's a lot of love put into it, but some of the re-releases are just put out really quickly for a cheap buck, and um, I've noticed that... I've noticed it's that like it's the old director's like cut of DVDs in the early 2000s. Yeah, like, it's like, there, a lot of it's really rushed, and, like, cause I, I bought two, uh, a few, uh, about a year ago, I guess, I bought uh, two Sacrament records, uh, not records, they, I bought the CD versions of the two Sacrament albums that, that were put out in the 90s, and um, I, was, I was really irritated that, you know, there were no lyrics printed in the book, there, were, there was no book, actually, uh, they were digipacks, and they had, um, you know, they have like redone cover artwork, so it wasn't the original artwork. And um, there was a, uh, you know, there, there's a few credits, you know, at the end. And it says that this is like the leg- legacy edition of Sacrament, uh, Testimony of Apocalypse, you know. This, and I was looking at it, and I was like, this is the legendary edition. So because where's all my really stuff? There's nothing really about a disc in a thin case that has no booklet, you know, and like, that always irritated me. And, you know, I, I go back and I look at my original, my, my cassette versions of those albums that, that were the actual releases for, from that time period. And it's got expensive notes. It's got lyrics printed. It's got band things. All, all, all the little stuff, the little bells and whistles that you like to read through as a fan. Um, so, I mean, in, in, in cases like that, the cassette version wins. Um, you know, like these two Opeth records that I got. Um, I've got the CD releases of those too, and they've got lyrics printed in them and everything, but, um, you know, it's just because they're re-releases, they really don't have all of the bells and whistles that you get with an original release, but these vinyl, these new vinyl copies that I got, you know, they've got all that stuff. They've got the, you know, the, the records, you open them up and they have huge fold-outs and, uh, a really big sheet of lyrics that you can hold in both hands and read. Um, and when the covers, the cover artwork is so big on a vinyl, I mean, I mean, some of the stuff is, some of the stuff is, is actually like uh, real works of art. You know, you, you can put them in a, you can put them in a frame and hang it on your wall. You know, it's like my framed copy scene. of the Who's Tommy. It's on my wall right now. Right. I mean, it's 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 really cool that you can do that. Um, and you can, I know a lot of people that collect vinyl and they, they, they just download the digital and they hang the vinyls up on their wall, you know, and there's something wrong with that. Um, and I think, uh, I, so I think in certain cases, I think because some of these formats know that they're not the originals, you know, they know that they're not, um, they know that they're not going to be, they're not going to be able to beat CDs. They're not going to be able to beat, uh, digital uh, but I think I think it's cool that all that stuff is kind of thrown in there for the fans you know the, the, it's almost as if the, the, the actual physical format is more geared towards the fans uh, than you know maybe the, maybe the online is because you know online you have a file that you download or that you stream and that's all you get I mean you get the, you get the cover artwork maybe on you know on a display on your phone but to me, that like I just I, I really enjoy just looking at the covers and kind of pointing out all the nuances of them, and um, yeah, I just I just like that stuff. And so I think 
I think those formats, you know, cassettes and, and vinyl especially, just have a, they kind of have their way of getting their hooks into you um, as a fan and kind of kind of brings you in. You know, because, like, you look at the cover of an album and uh, you're kind of getting that audio-visual um, impression. So it's like a, one of my, one of the best uh, examples I can think of is self-titled Black Sabbath, the, the first Black Sabbath album where you've just got this creepy woman on the cover and she's, um, she's holding like a black cat and it's just really dark and foreboding. And uh, it, it really sums up what you're going to hear when you listen to it. Um, and I think, I think especially having, having giant cover artwork like that on a vinyl, um, it just really drives that point home. It's, it's kind of like digital media, because this applies to books as well as films and all the streaming music that we can get now. If you think about it, digital media, and I, I'm going to limit this to streaming, because I still kind of feel like if you buy an album digitally, you still have that album because you did pay for it. But like, right. streaming is kind of like fast food for entertainment. Because before, you would go to the store and you'd buy your copy of Master of Puppets. And then you take home your copy of Master of Puppets. And then you, you open the record or the cassette or the CD and you put it in and you sat there and you listened to it. And if you're like you, you sat there and read the lyrics and you read the linear notes. And the same thing with movies and same thing with books. You know, if I'm a book reader, I can buy that new book on my Kindle, for example, or my iPad if it's an Apple, and I can sure. read yeah. it, and I've got it. It's it's The words are in front of me, but for some reason, for most people, the feeling is different. And if you yeah, think about it, like Spotify, if, if you have yeah. Spotify or you've got Google Music, like it's kind of like fast food. Fast food is okay every now and then. Sometimes I want my cheeseburger and fries. And then other times I want my steak dinner that I took time to prepare. And that's not a bad thing, but I guess the mentality is different. There's a difference between holding the record and listening to the record and just hitting the button and letting it play. I'm still consuming it, and you can still enjoy it. But as far as a feeling is concerned, like... I'm an exception because for me, digital is the greatest thing ever because, you know, I'm limited by my physical ability to not always see very good. So you give me right. a book or a comic and I can zoom right in. Perfect for me. But I'm the exception. I, the, the, I'm the I'm the norm now because that's how the the media is consumed. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, I think I think what really drives us as music fans really, though, is the artists themselves. So. For me, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Opeth, so I'm okay with having multiple copies of the same album in different formats. Right. Um, and that that's just me, though. You know, other people uh, might feel differently. Uh, but I, I think that, I think that's just a certain physical connection you have with a, with a physical album. And, and that's just, that's just maybe for me, but, um, I just tend to appreciate it a little bit more, especially like I was saying earlier, that records and tapes, you know, they kind of force me to listen to it all the way through and to really appreciate it. So like 
if an album is good, you know, um, it really enhances my enjoyment. However, if an album is bad, um, it can actually get a little bit emotional, uh, a little bit angry. I spent uh, money know. on this. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, when I freaked out about risk, you know, because when I originally bought risk, I bought it on cassette tape and, um, I had, I had to listen to it all the way through because, you know, the first time you listen to a bad record, you're kind of like, you're in denial a little bit because you're like, well, it could get better. Maybe just these first few songs aren't very good. You know, and I got to the end of the tape and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's hear what side two has to be. It has to get, you know, so in a certain sense, I was kind of subjected to listening to just that. And of course, you know, I'm freedom as a human being. I could have just turned it off at any given point, but I think the average listener is going to know what I mean, you know, <laughs> about kind of trying to stick through it to the end. And um, I think records and tapes kind of encourage that. And, uh, it's something I really wish that more people would do. Um, I kind of feel like with digital stuff, people have become a little bit more fickle about music and movies and, and, and books and things like that. No joke. Uh, the episode about Megadeth came out on the 25th. On the 28th, he did an interview, Dave Mustaine, with Blabbermouth.net, where he said that Risk should have been released as a solo album, and he's sorry. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, is this, does that mean Dave is, is one of our listeners? I mean, if he was, that would be amazing. And yeah, if if, if Dave was staying listening to this podcast, then uh, definitely send us a message and uh, definitely be on the podcast. We would, uh, we would love to talk to you. And uh, most likely, I will apologize for Dan's behavior related to risk, but I assure you, he will not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so that was just kind of a little discussion. Uh, me and Joe weren't really trying to argue about, about digital analog or anything. Uh, it's just something that, you know, uh, that I just like to, I like to talk about. I could sit here and talk about vinyl. Um, and Joe, you actually didn't let me finish, uh, the rest of my haul <laughs> that I got. I only got about halfway through it. Oh, um, man. Some of the other records that I got were, um, I think there were, there were three more. I got uh, Dystopia by Megadeth, which I think I already mentioned at least once. That one was also on a bright red vinyl, which is really cool. Very nice. Um, and then the other one I got was, uh, I may not be pronouncing this right, um, <laughs> but uh, this band, I believe their name is pronounced Oprobrium or Oprobrium. It's hard to it's O P P R O B R I U M, and uh, they have a record out called Serpent Temptation, <laughs> and uh, this is really cool. Uh, it reminds me of a lot of Sepultura, and uh, apparently the band put the record out back in 1980 uh, or 1988, and the uh, it was just recently re-released by Relapse Records, and uh, it's really cool to see that on vinyl. And uh, I picked it up. It's actually. On my last on my last business trip that I took, I went to San Antonio, Texas, and I actually purchased this uh, this album on CD. So it was really cool to get the vinyl for that. And uh, the last one is probably the, the prized possession out of all of it, which was a uh, copy of Human by the band Death. And uh, oh, very nice. Yeah, apparently the version that I have uh, is limited to 500 copies, 
Um, it was also released by Relapse Records, and uh, it comes on a solid gold vinyl record, uh, which is just. I'm gonna go out on a limb and call that your album of the week. Oh yeah, for sure. I, and I've been listening to Human a lot. Unfortunately, because I'm out of time, I can't put these records on and listen to them. Uh, however, I can. Uh, I can look. What I've just been doing is I've been listening with the digital copies and uh, while I read along uh, with the with the vinyl, um, which is kind of nice to be able to do. You know, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm totally okay with it with both formats existing. You know. Well, dude, I'm glad you called in. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was we'll fun. see you when you get back. Be safe. I'll be seeing everybody that's listening right now on Friday when me and Buddy, as Dan put it, try something a little different. And on that note, thank you for listening. Hope you all enjoyed it because it was something different. And it was fun to do. Dan, we'll see you next week. I will see you yes, I will. in two days. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, guys. Party on. It's like Slayer. <laughs>